Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Break. I don't like this. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watch the Dungeons & Dragons animated series with Adam Carnival from D&D is for Nerds. Adam uses he-him pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. That was Venger, the force of evil. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. When all the Sans Pants crew comes back to LA, we have to like get together and record something. I'm sure that's going to happen. I mean, like, it's literally just a matter of time. It will inevitably happen. I know for a fact, at least the boys will be over next year for, do you know Ralph? Anastasia? Atanasia, sorry. Ralph from Cake Boss? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're mutuals on Twitter. Yeah, he's he's great. I love him. Uh, his wedding is on next year, and the boys are all invited. And because they're doing a tour in the UK, they were like, well, since we're over that side of the world anyway, so they're going to be going to Jersey for Ralph's wedding. They, Wait a minute. Hell, the boys maybe... are back in town? The boys are back in town. That's so good. <laughs> So, I completely derailed you with that joke. Again, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very Jackson thing to do. <laughs> I, I I cop it all the time. Don't worry. Actually, it's very cast. It's got it's got waves of cast. Jackson, I can recover from. It's it's so funny because I'm such like a like I instantly fit in with everybody at Sans Pants so much because I think that we're all just like cut from the same cloth anyway. And it's insane Absolutely. that I wasn't just like born at the right place and time to just be in that crew in the first place. Mm. Like, um, something that we always say is that Sans Pants is a group of people who every single person was like the funny person in their group. And then, like, we're all, like, different stripes of the funny guy from a group. No, nobody thought that I was funny in my hometown. Uh, even my <laughs> family did not laugh at my jokes. And every time I told a joke, they were like, what, is, what are you doing? What is that? <laughs> and then I came to L.A. and I was like, I know I'm funny. And people were like, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> you don't have to prove it every fucking second. God. <laughs> Good thing that you found, like, what would you do if you hadn't got, like, an outlet like Twitter to get all of the comedy out? Oh, my God. That's why I started the podcast in the first place, honestly. Just because, like, I wanted to talk about cartoons for hours on end, and nobody yeah. wanted that. <laughs> they were all like, stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> if I hadn't gotten an outlet like Twitter to do this, I probably would have, like, started writing semi-humorous poetry just for myself. Uh, oh. And then I would publish it as a book someday and put a lot of my soul mm. into that, and that would not pan out for me very well. 
I um I went through a brief stint where because I did um study like writing or whatever at university. I went through a brief stint where where I did cowboy poetry. <laughs> what does that mean? Like so- wait. So it's it's poetry about cowboys and for cowboys. <laughs> Because maybe I love cowboys. Uh huh. Have you ever met a cowboy? Have you come to the states and met? No, but my my uh, girlfriend, she because uh, she's immigrating over from the UK as part of her immigration thing. She had to do a like a uh, a stint up in like rural Australia, mm-hmm. uh, droving, which is I, I don't know if droving is a term that carries over, but it's like herding cattle, basically being a cow a cowpoke. So she's the closest I've ever gotten. And from her experience, she keeps telling me like how awful it was, but there's something, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. Something uh-huh. about it speaks to me. <laughs> well, that's good. Hopefully you, you get your chance to, to rustle up some cattle at some point in your life. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. I don't even know the terminology. I know so little about cowboys. I know that they <laughs> uh, eat a lot of beans or I presume mm. that they eat a lot of beans. I don't know if that's eat true. Eat a lot of beans. But today we're not talking about cowboys. Today we are talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Adam, what is your experience with Dungeons and Dragons? Have you ever played before? <laughs> um, trying to think. Have I ever played before? Um, yeah. I think once... Yeah, I, th- I think I play, I've played like once or twice. Yeah, it was a campaign that lasted like six six years or... How long yeah, have you been at Sans Maybe Pants? a decade. <laughs> I've been at Sans Pants for six years, but I've been playing D&D for a decade now. So I played when I first started university, and I don't like thinking that I started university a decade ago. That is uncomfortable <laughs> thought. I wish we weren't talking about this. I am getting old. Are you one of those people... Now, I haven't really played a lot of role-playing games. I tried when I was back in my hometown... Um, Mm. And we played some campaigns that lasted a couple of months, but nothing really extensive. Are you one of those people who has like a character that they keep for a really, really long time and take through different campaigns and let that character like grow? Mm. No, I've never done anything like that, which I, I it's like the classic D&D experience that so many players have had, but I've never had. I've, and especially because I've been I'm typically the dungeon master, so I'm not playing a character. I'm kind of in charge of the story. So I've not gotten as many opportunities to do that sort of stuff as I'd like to. But there have absolutely been characters that I've played in the past where I was like, I love this character. I would die for this person if they were real. That's so sad that you haven't had many opportunities to actually role play. Like always the dungeon mm. master, never the dungeoner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, Well, Jackson has recently been toying with the idea of getting into Dungeons and Dragons and learning about it. And I'm a little excited to see if that gets off the ground. Fingers Mm. crossed. Yeah. I think that that's sort of the classic idea of Dungeons and Dragons. Like whenever you see like like a classic nerd in a movie from the 80s or something and their Dungeons and Dragons character dies, they're like, I played that character for 12 and a half years. Like that to me is kind of compelling to just like have a character that you not only play short form for a couple of sessions, but you're like, this character has grown with me and is not me, but is a, a facet of my life. Yeah, you get a lot of, in movies and TV shows and stuff like that, you get a lot of your character dies and the player actually crumples in and and cries and such like that. And that, I suppose, does happen, but it is not as common as 
TVs and movies like to make it out to be. We're pretty robust as a group. I like to think us D and D nerds. We're we're pretty we're pretty um uh uh, uh emotionally uh, uh very hard. I I like to think. Okay, I mean I can't argue with that. I don't really know anything you about. Have, <laughs> you have no evidence it. that no. I like to cry. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you have no evidence. Had you ever watched this Dungeons and Dragons cartoon before? I have seen a couple of episodes. I I feel like the first episode that we will be discussing later. I feel like the first episode I've seen maybe two or three times in total. It's a very a very silly series. I could never get into it. I didn't enjoy it, I guess. Or not that I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't find it very engaging, I guess. Did you did you not enjoy it this time around where we watched it for the podcast? Or was this the kicker where you're like, now I love it. Now it's my favorite. <laughs> I I just can't keep focus on it. I every time I have sat down to watch it. And when I was watching it for, for this, I, I found my attentions kept drifting. Yes. I, I found myself uh, constantly trying, looking at something else, doing something else. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like there's some like movies that you can't look away and it really draws your eye to the center of the frame. The cinematographer mm. really knows what they're doing and how to keep you engaged. And like sometimes I'll watch a movie for two and a half hours and I won't check my phone and that's an incredible experience. Um, yeah. I don't think that I looked at this show for more than 10 seconds at a time before looking away. It's very hard <laughs> to look at. That's a very good point. It's the cheapest cartoon of all time, I think. That's oh an actual gosh. fact. It's so horrible to look at. I wanted to take account of how many times I thought they had just reuse i don't know how i don't know a lot about animation so i don't know if it's possible but i feel like somehow they took animations from things like transformers and masters of the universe or whatever took animations from those old 80s cartoons and just reused them somehow with ident with similar characters mm-hmm. well this crazy. this may have been before those things because i don't know when those came out but this was 1983 it, it feels really? very iconic like very 70s for some reason like something about yeah, this feels not. like um what was that video game that was all hand-drawn animation it was oh, like ralph um, bakshi or something it was like dungeon crawl or something oh, like that i don't remember oh i'm thinking called. of something else yeah i was thinking of cuphead which i know was a hand-drawn video game no no this was like a video game from when from in the 80s when arcade cabinets were first oh. invented and it's hand-drawn yes. animation Don Bluth, maybe? It's very horny. Uh, That's all I remember about it. Yes, it is. It is super horny. Oh, damn. You've got me now. Uh, it's Dungeon Quest, Dungeon Dragon, Dungeon... Ah, oh, damn. It's something like that. It's got it's got Dungeon or Dragon in it. Quest, maybe. Uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. And then it's all like... Um, you, you walk into a room and then you got to quickly press the right button. Right. Otherwise, your character drinks the wrong potion and then turns into a dust or whatever i really appreciate yeah. you trying ah. to stall for time while i google this but it's not coming up at all <laughs> i'm just genuinely dying here no i, I know oh, so and somebody out there tongue. knows what it is and they're really mad at me right now for even bringing it up uh, and not knowing the answer because i'm usually yeah. coming in clutch with the references but i do not have mm. this one I, I was never old enough to have enjoyed that sort of stuff when it came out but i have to imagine that that would have been very arresting when you've got like a basically a playable cartoon and your other option is i don't know like three 
black and white pixels on a screen <laughs> right. and you got to dodge a blue one. Well, I mean, and the thing about that game, though, is that it was so, so terrible and so hard to play. Yes. That, like, in the arcade, when people played it, it's like, why am I doing this? I have Miss Pac-Man over here. I have Dig Dug. There are much more, like, the only thing about this is that it's fun to look at. And the guy, the main character, the pl- the person you play as had such a such yeah that like 80s fantasy look about him dragon's lair dragon's lair oh Oh, thank you you uh you scratched like one of those mental ticks that you get when when something's on the tip of your mind and you can't remember it that's one of those ones that is available on the switch but i'm so afraid to play it because i'm like that's just gonna ruin the memory of that thing which is already not that great like even my memory of playing it as a kid i know that it was terrible (laughs) It, it, it like came out it was popular there was nothing really like it for so long and then only like maybe within the last 10 15 years have we gotten anything really similar to that much better though we've got video games have money now Yeah, yeah. Video games are definitely better now than they were when they were first invented. (laughs) (laughs) So the Dungeons & Dragons series, 1983-1985, this ran for one season. Adam, me knowing nothing remotely about role-playing games, uh, is this true to the canon? Does this feel like a Dungeons & Dragons campaign? I knew you were going to ask me that question. So while I was watching, I was I was watching with an eye to how accurate I thought it was to the game. And I will give it like a couple little things here and there. Like, for example, there's a blue colored dragon at one point that shoots lightning out of its mouth, which is accurate to the game. There are different dragons that have different like breath weapons and the blue dragon. I'm pretty sure it does have a lightning breath. So I'll give it little things like that. But otherwise, it's not really how a game of D&D would go down. None of them have a weapon, really. I guess one of them, the ranger, has a bow and arrow, but that's kind of it. Yeah, that's one of them has like a club. I mean, the thing that I that did strike me as very authentic about this is that they do feel like, well, I don't even know if that's true. I was about to say they they feel like the typical like gang of people that would be playing this game. There's like the annoying little brother they had to bring along. There's the shithead yes. that's always being like sardonic and trying to mess up their plans. There's like the wizardy kid and he's really really into it. And there's like the the athletic girl that's just nice. And I don't know. I mean it just they just seem like very stock characters, but it does feel true to form. My experience of D&D players is something more akin to... Australian comedians. <laughs> yes, Australian comedians. Uh, it, it's becoming a lot of that nowadays, actually. <laughs> but yeah, the Stranger Things sort of experience where it's um, pretty much just all guys sitting in a room because they don't like the sun. Right. But I, I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily like the Dungeons & Dragons, the people in that would not be uh, players. It's just not really been my experience, I guess. Mm. I would say that the dungeon master is pretty on point. I was about to say, when you're dungeon mastering, do you imagine yourself as like a little (laughs) naked floating old man? I think he's naked. Is he naked? I don't remember. (laughs) He's definitely not naked. In my memory, he's he's pretty (laughs) naked. And then there's like sort of like a leaf coming up all the time that's like covering up his junk. There's always something in the camera's way. (laughs) There's never really a DM character in the game, but 
the the manner in which the DM interacts with the players and how the players are often angry at the DM and it's like <laughs> snide little side remarks and stuff like that. It's very reminiscent of how I like to DM as an absolute asshole, <laughs> someone who is so up themselves at times. Well, that that also seems very true to form to me. That most of them mm. actually don't want to be there. They are kids transported <laughs> there from their own like realm, which is just modern eighties yeah. America. And like w- one kid, maybe two out of the six of them, really loves being there. And the dungeon master is like, "Here's a riddle," and they're like, "All right, I guess we have to do this." So that seems authentic. Yeah, I don't that's- know. <laughs> There's a plausible no. There's definitely a plausibility and a true to lifeness of that. I have definitely been in games where a couple people are only there. I've definitely seen a lot of people drag like a partner or or an older brother or something like that to a game just because they are obsessed with it. There's yeah. There's a lot. Look, that's it. Maybe is a little uncomfortable. The idea of trapping players like that. I was that person actually a couple weeks ago. Um, because my partner really? Reed, yeah, is is in. I don't know what it is if it's like Shadowrun. It's some some kind of like our like role playing mm. kind of thing. Um, that he's doing with a lot of his friends from college, and I'm like friends with those people, and so I want to hang out with them too. And so Reed was going over there for the second or third session of this <laughs> game, and was like, "Are you?" do you actually want to go? And I was like, yeah, I like them a lot. That'll be fun. I'll just like sit there and play my video <laughs> games or something. And then I just like found myself not talking for four and a half hours while they all role played. Yeah. <laughs> and that sucks where they, there's like so many like inside jokes and they're all like laughing and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Somebody is a duck and their character is just like a duck and that's happening, but I don't really get it. Okay. <laughs> It's yeah, it, it's a lot like that. In any any community, I think, when left in isolation for long enough, develops those stupid like in jokes that you can't get away from. Right. I felt like my mom watching me record my podcast. <laughs> I was like, "There's something about this that I'm not understanding," and I'll, I won't understand even if I ask them to explain it. So I just won't ask. <laughs> hey, if you want to go back, the the only way that you can engage with that is to just like just break in. You gotta just muscle your way in. If you want to go back, if you if you do want to hang out with these people at this game, muscle your way in. Be like, oh yeah, this person is a duck. Sorry, why again? Are they a duck? <laughs> yeah. I do not think that I want to go hang out with these people and play this game again. I think that I just want to see them on normal human level <laughs> terms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this cartoon. It's pretty fucking boring. Nothing really happens in it that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty bad. Basically, every episode follows a very similar premise, which is that the kids get visited by the dungeon master, this creepy little naked old bearded man. Um, (laughs) He's not naked. He gives them a riddle, and they try and figure out the riddle, and then they're always tricked by the villain, who ends up being their arch nemesis, Venger in disguise. Basically, every single time, it's Venger in disguise. (laughs) Venger is always in disguise. He wants their magical items, which I don't know why he wants. In one of the episodes, because he's trying to fight another villain or whatever, which is the most interesting thing that the cartoon does, where it makes two villains who oppose each other. But at one point, Venger has all of their magical items and he just holds them up in a big ball when he's fighting (laughs) the other villain. Yes. Which is the stupidest thing. Because yeah. one of them's like a hat that conjures things. There's a shield. There's the 
like a the club. That's just not how any of those things are used. Well, it's so confusing because in the first episode, the first thing that you see, literally second one, is them being like, hey, yeah. look, a Dungeons and Dragons ride. Let's go. And then it just never fucking lets up. Like within the <laughs> intro, they yeah. meet the wizard and he's like, you're going on a grand quest. You're the archer. You're the wizard. You're the... The gymnast? I'm running out of classes here. Um, and then with, within the intro, they fight Venger. Like, in episode one, they're like, hopefully we don't run into our arch nemesis, Venger. I'm like, all these pre-established relationships are way too much for the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, honestly. Do you want to hear something crazy? So just a fun fact I know about the series. Okay. Obviously, because they only had one season, they weren't able to tell the grand story that they wanted to tell. Presumably, it was going to be very rich and in-depth because apparently in the last couple of episodes, it is revealed that Venger is the son of the Dungeon Master. What an insane show. It's one of those shows that does the introduction has the story of the show in it. Yes. But it's not set to music. It's just like they're telling the, this, the same two-minute clip of them talking about their entire backstory again uh-huh. and again and again. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, and I mean, at least they have that. Because like, if they dropped us into the first episode of the kids were walking around like, how are we going to get home? I miss my family. I'd be like, what the fuck happened to these kids? Where are they? Did they travel back in time? Did they go yeah. through a portal? Did they ride a roller coaster that sent them to Dungeons and Dragons land? I don't know. They rode the Dungeons and Dragons a TM roller coaster. What an insane roller coaster. What are, what are you doing on that roller coaster? What are the stops? The stops are <laughs> that you have to like role play on the roller coaster. Like you have to decide. Oh, like, like you run into God. a situation, you're like, do you try and bribe the guard or do you try and fight him? And then you get to choose which side <laughs> you go to. I mean, this show. It's insane. Like, <laughs> like every episode, the yeah. kids make the weirdest decisions. It follows a very similar format to, like, Samurai Jack, right? Samurai Jack mm, sent to yes. the far future, trying to get home, but every single opportunity he gets to go home, he's like, I think I'd rather just stay here for some reason. He always finds some reason to stay. Yeah. And so in this show, like, in episode one, they have a chance to go home and they don't take it. And then in episode two, they have a chance to go home and they don't take it because they're going to have to leave their unicorn behind. Obviously, these kids do not want to go home. Like, they care more about this fucking unicorn yeah. than they do about their parents and their friends at home. What's the unicorn's name again? Is it just, Uni. it's called like, yeah, Uni. Oh, God. What Uni. a great, <laughs> awful name. Uni is the greatest character in the history of fiction because <laughs> during the entire show, when they're like walking around like saying some bullshit that you couldn't possibly care about, Uni is running around in the background like, right like every single fucking scene he's screaming yeah that's right in the second episode i remember uni's like digging and then something in the hole that uni digs throws uni out and i'm like that's going to be relevant later it is not no uni is also not explained in the two minute opening video that they play every time he kind of is is. he he yeah like they show up in the world and then uni is running away from the giant dragon they fight in the intro oh that's right he like runs into the kid's arm and the kid is like we're gonna call you uni you're my new best friend and that's that's it the heroic origins i wonder if there's an episode of the show that does dive into the backstory and like they just saved it for like episode 14 or 15 for some reason (laughs) you've got to hope 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I like how so often... So we we talked about before that Venger is often disguised as the person who is helping them initially yes. or something like that. Like in the first episode, he's disguised as uh, Merlin. In the third episode, he's disguised as a halfling. I love how they introduce a D&D concept or Merlin and then it wasn't real the entire time. It's so strange to have like that perpetual cycle of are they really interacting with anything D&D ever? Because it's always just this one dude. You always have to be so suspicious. I mean, that's the thing is the kids are never suspicious. Like in episode, I think four, because I think that I watched three and then half of four. Mm. There's a scene where they're like in the middle of this town and they see this woman in a cave and her eyes are like glowing Mm. yellow. And she's like, hey, kids, come to this cave and I'll help you show you the way. And I'm like, that motherfucker's so evil. And they're like, okay. And three fucking minutes later, they're being betrayed. And I'm like, this is not what. What is wrong with you? Like, why did you... How are you not dead yet? How are you still alive? It's frustrating. Uh, And then the dungeon master's there with a little wink and a nudge or whatever. (laughs) I mean, the thing about the show is that the dungeon master gives them such clear instructions at the beginning of every episode. He, like, gives them some riddle, and the riddle comes into play later on when they're trying to figure it out. But, like, the first episode's riddle. It's like, beware the man with the white hair. He's your true enemy. And then they meet a guy who doesn't have any hair, Merlin, but has a white rabbit in his hands the entire time. And they're like, I wonder who it could be. Maybe we should warn Merlin about the guy with the white hair. It's like, how do you not figure this out? Like, isn't one of you supposed to be smart? At least one of you. (laughs) Do we... Do we warn the person, the only new character that has been introduced to us about the person who will be introduced to us that we should be afraid of? They're only ever really introduced to typically uh, Avenger, maybe occasionally one other person. Yeah, it's insane. It's so frustrating. And it's like you get to the point in the episode where you're like, okay, so they met Merlin the wizard and the episode's at 16 Mm. minutes out of 21 minutes. So obviously this motherfucker's about to turn into Avenger and attack them. Like, how would that not? I mean, the thing about him, though, is that he never actually betrays them until he reveals his true self. Like, in the episode where he was pretending to be a halfling, he walks around with them the entire time. They're like, you're our new best friend, Mr. Halfling. And he's like, cool. <laughs> and he never actually does anything wrong until he turns an Avenger yeah. again. He could have gotten the scoop on him. When they first meet him, I like where he's like, I'll guide you. Uh, and they ask, what what payment would you accept in exchange for you guiding us? And he's like, well, I'll take no payment 
yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll take no payment yet. That is, first off, that's how payment works. Typically, after the service is rendered, you are paid. Yes, correct. Second off, God, it's so unambiguously sinister. And I don't understand. Imagining the target demographic of this show is insane. Because no one needs this explained to them except like a five or maybe younger year old child. Yeah. And a five or younger year old child is not following the story at all. No, I kind I kind of feel like the I'll take no payment for this yet thing is just how this show got made. <laughs> like the studio was like, okay, what's your budget for the show? And they're like, I'll take no payment, not yet. When it's all over with, I'll get the money. And they're like, wait, you need the money to make the show. And they're like, I don't need money to make Dungeons and Dragons. I know how to make Dungeons and Dragons for cheap. <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. It shows. They were not paid at all until after season one, and it shows. God, how did it only run for one season? I don't understand. <laughs> so, yeah, the kids really don't want to go home very much. I mean, we sort of just see that in every single episode. We see that in, there's an episode where uh, the bad guy who's not Venger is trying to kill all the unicorns or take their horns so you can give them the power to Venger. Yeah. And in that episode, they get like a portal home. And they're halfway into the portal, and then the kid is like, yeah, but we can't take Uni with us. And they're like, I guess we're staying for 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 the unicorn. Like, I miss my mom, but I guess I care more about this unicorn. And in the first episode, the kid is like, he's like, this Merlin is going to teach me how to be a great wizard. So I guess I'm going to goodbye forever. That's right. Yeah. Oh, but no, his plan, he says afterwards that his plan was to just like, find a spell to bring everyone home. That's why he was studying with Merlin. Right. Do the spell, shank the wizard into sleep, yeah. get home on his own. No, that makes <laughs> sense. But like the, yeah, the yeah, stakes yeah. of the show allow you to believe that this kid is just going to abandon his friends forever in the first episode and you'll never see him oh, again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy. They don't, they don't explain it until the end. So it is insane. I guess what must have happened is when they're writing the episodes, they're like, well... There's only so many reasonable excuses they could have for not returning. So, like, you could do maybe the, uh, oh, we could return, but if we return, this town's going to get destroyed. I I guess that's a genuine reason. Oh, we could go home, but we'd be leaving the ranger right, behind. Right, right. Do they never wonder what the Dungeons & Dragons world is? Because they were completely yeah. aware of Dungeons & Dragons originally. They sort of, one of them must have played at some point because they were so stoked to go on the Dungeons and Dragons theme park ride. And so it's like, are you guys, do you believe that this world is real or do you think that it's fake and you're all having a mass delusion? Do Why do you care if you leave the fucking unicorn behind and go home to your parents? Like, what, what do they think will happen to the unicorn? They can leave him there. There's 50 other unicorns there. He'll probably be happier. He almost leaves you at the end of the episode. It's insane can we quickly talk about the cavalier the like snot-nosed brat kid oh which one because all of them are that <laughs> all of these kids are the yeah, wiener kid look. <laughs> the the really rich one the yes. really weird okay, that the kid one sucks. who looks like really closely resembles cameron from ferris bueller's day off okay <laughs> he looks so much like i swear get a side by side won't be able to tell which one's which but why why don't they, like, drown him or something like that? <laughs> he is so unbearable. 
Oh my god. Shut up. Oh my god. I, I, Shut up. I would love so much. In that episode where they open up the portal and decide not to go home, he's like halfway into it when they turn back. They should have been like, just go, Chad. Like, get the f- get in there. We'll follow you. We'll be right behind. Okay, close the portal. He's gone. <laughs> get it close. We all we all like playing D anD. D. He. That's, I don't know why he was hanging out with us. That's true. He accomplishes nothing except like walking around and bragging about how much money his family has. Ugh. He was talking one episode about like he was like one time I was on safari when I was sixteen and my dad had to send his whole team out to find me and they're like where were you on safari? He's like in my backyard. God, he's so annoying and it's very funny. A lot of his brags. Like, I'm sure in 83, those brags would have been very impressive. But uh, nowadays, some of them, like, like he called his dad on a walkie-talkie to, oh, get, yeah. to get out of the safari. <laughs> I forgot about that. Nowadays, that does not, that doesn't translate, doesn't translate right. anymore. Right, his brag is like, I have a Nintendo at home and a Sega. And it's like, well, <laughs> nowadays, every kid has Shut four up. fucking video game consoles and a smartphone. Like, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. What a show. What a time. Who was your favorite character? Um, I was a big fan of the Ranger who had um high school quarterback vibes, like heavy high school quarterback vibes. Right. He was such like a Captain America figure where he was like bland, milk toast. He was never offensive, but never like really pushed anything, you know what I mean? I can't remember a single thing that he says. So yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I liked the wizard kid just because it's 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 fun to yeah. see like the dorky kid and it's nice that most of them don't make fun of him all the time. Like they kind of razz it yeah. and the rich kids are real shithead about it. But oh it God, seems yeah. like everybody kind of has a lot of faith in him to be able to pull off whatever he's doing. It is nice. Yeah, you're right. There in the episode where he's having trouble being a real wizard or whatever, everyone except the the Chad or whatever, the Cavalier, everyone is very encouraging and they're all like, we believe in you. You can do it. That's very nice. Yeah, I like him. I like Uni just because it's always so fun to see like a little nightmare creature that never shuts <laughs> the fuck up and just screams God. constantly. Yeah. I was very confused. Is is gymnast a class in Dungeons and Dragons or is that complete bullshit? Uh, so the, in the first and second editions, I believe, there was a, a class called acrobat which i i think is what she is it gets changed in later editions they call it monk now okay because the dungeon master straight up calls her a, a gymnast and, oh, she, and she has like a vaulting pole like you would have in cross yeah yeah that was the thing for the acrobats they had that i i don't i don't think that they necessarily had that magical item but they were always associated with being very good at like acrobatics basically yeah so like a long jump or a backflip that sort of stuff right right. yeah so that that's that's pretty accurate i think they all are actually classes i don't know about the cavalier but i wouldn't be shocked if that one existed yeah i think that that was a big issue that i had i was like okay so the magician makes sense the the archer is different from everybody else and the gymnast but the rest of them all just sort of melded together for me they were all very similar, just like, I've, I'm a basher. Yeah, the little kid, I think, is a barbarian. I think that's obviously meant as some sort of joke, because the barbarian is typically supposed to be the biggest, strongest, like an orc-type person rather than a human. So to make it the the youngest of them, I imagine, is a joke. But then they give him like, like that scrappy-doo personality. Mm-hmm. What would you say could have fixed this show? 
having if it if it within the confines of being made in 1983 for the budget that it had. Yeah. What do you think story wise could have made this a real a real killer? I guess they could just trim. There's a lot of fat here that's worth trimming, and maybe make it like rather than each each episode is a different story, make it like one long continuous story. Yeah. Right. They kind of have that, but not really. It's like every episode is like, we need to get home, but then they never really yeah. do it. I wonder if the show ends with them going home. I don't know. Because that would be worth watching, I think. Like a big heart felt like, oh my God, we'll see yeah. you later, Dungeon Master. Here's some pants. <laughs> Please, Dungeon Master, would you at least wear boxes? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll wear them, but I'm going to put my dick out the little hole in the front. <laughs> He's just really a little creep, and I really don't like him. <laughs> He's got that weird hair where you just wish they'd just shaved their head bald. Yes. You know, he's got that big bald patch on the top. You're like, dude, it's not coming back. Just get rid of I'm it. I'm growing it out so that I can have a comb over. <laughs> and you're like, it's not going to happen, Dungeon Master. I'm sorry. Why don't you use magic dude, to no fix one- it? I guess the biggest issues I have with the show could be fixed if they just tightened up the story. If they made, like, a solid B story throughout. They don't even need, like, each individual episode's A story to be pretty good. If the B story throughout of them getting home was just a lot better, and rather than every episode they're like, ah, there's the portal, but we can't go through it. If instead they were like, ah, this season there'll be a portal that they can get through, but then they have to give it up for whatever reason. I think that just would have made it so much more... Like, earnest, I guess? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that they're... I think my ideal episode of the show would be one where they get through a portal back home and they have to come back for some reason. They, like, realize somehow that all of their adventures actually affected, like, the canon of Dungeons & Dragons. Like, they realize that they've changed the history and now they have to go back in and finish off the campaign or else the fabric of reality will be destroyed. Now, that's a TV show. What if it was like a life on Mars situation where they maybe they don't do it with a roller coaster? Maybe the kids, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I keep thinking of like ideas, like like they get knocked out and they wake up and right, they're like, is right. this real life? Is right. this a dream or whatever? I can't think of a way to get them all into that scenario without something like they were all playing D and then the the like the gas heater in the basement was leaking and they all <laughs> fall over. Like, I'm not sure how to do it. Or they get on the ride and they're like, did the ride crash? Are we dead? Is this hell? Well, I think that that's the most the most likely is that they wake up in the last episode and they're like, it was all a dream and none of it mattered. And I really hope it's not that. Like, I want them to actually have gotten on a roller coaster that took them to an alternate reality. Mm. That's great. And I hope that they keep to get to keep uni in the end because that, you know, like the last episode could be like a wedding episode where uni is like the ring bearer. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) And he comes down the aisle. He's like, ah, ah. I'm a big fan of having an animal bring the rings. Uh-huh. Especially if it's a mythical creature that nobody's ever seen before. They're like, it's real. And everybody's like, okay. And they have their wedding and the unicorn <laughs> shows up and everybody's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I really do like your idea of like they, they get out, but then they have to go back. Because then you could have like you could have season one is they leave and then season two could be like they're they're now in 1980s America, but they need to get back. But they, it's not like an easy prospect. They can't just get back on the ride for some reason or something. Right. Like that. Maybe the ride's shut down. You could do something interesting there. That could be cool. 
Yeah, and the last episode definitely has to end with them all sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons in somebody's basement. And then it like mm. it like goes out the window. There's like a slow pan like up, you know, to the window. <laughs> and then we see the dungeon master yeah. come up and he's like, ding! He winks at the camera. He's like, shh, don't tell. He's watching them play. Nude is the day he was born. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, no. And on your vein of like that you wanted uni back in, what I bet 100% the original plan for uni. They've, they've got a shot of them outside. Everything's calmed down. They're sitting around a table or whatever, just having a chat. And they're talking about maybe how they miss the dungeon master and miss all the friends they've made along the way. And the implication is they miss uni. Right. And then actually uni like bursts up from underneath the table and they're like, uni. And he was there the entire time. He stowed away or something. That would be good. Or, oh shit, here's what it is. Here's the ultimate idea. Yeah. They get out at the end and accidentally, like, the portal is too big and everybody comes with them. And then it's them in our world, 1980s America, but they have, like, halflings and Vengers running around doing stuff. I think that would be good. (laughs) You could have a great, like, Venger gets out and he's walking through, like, I don't know where they came from in the U.S., but I don't know, let's let's say maybe like California or something like that. Oh, that's a great idea of him in like a fish out of water, like an 80s movie walking around not <laughs> understanding things and being like, what is this? And so he's like, that's a that's a coffee. He's like, this is foul. It makes me uh, jittery. <laughs> great venture impression. By the Thank way. you. I also obviously had not thought about what he was going to say and had no idea how to talk at that moment. I forgot. <laughs> If you wanted to really progress on that story, then you could do something like, like well, first off, you get that, a great scene, something like that, where Venger, Venger walks into a coffee shop, drinks some of the coffee, pff, it's poison! Oh, yeah. And the, the attendant's like, no, it's just coffee. But then you get to Venger, like, after a year or some time or whatever, Venger's getting clever about, like, 1980s uh, world or whatever, 1980s world, right. about about the, the modern day. So now he's, like, the head of a corporation, and he's, like, changed his form so that he looks like a businessman. And now it's the kids versus Venger Co. or whatever. <laughs> that's such a good idea that's such an 80s idea of like them versus like the evil corporation then they make like a fight squad and then it's like the good guys versus the bad guys and the bad guys are all like trolls and stuff Mm. oh man why were we not in the writers well i guess we weren't born yet that's okay yeah a a couple about a decade too too late (laughs) to be in the writers room there and even then, I would have been a baby. if we yeah. were a decade, yeah, yeah, we would have been just screaming for for milk and our mothers or whatever babies. That, that's for. how they came up with the idea for uni. They had a toddler in the room, and they were like, "I'm gonna fucking roast this kid so bad. I'm gonna put him in this show as a talking horse." <laughs> this kid's not gonna know what fucking hit him. <laughs> oh my god! So Dungeons and Dragons, what a time, Adam. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Where can people find you online? What are your handles? My handles are at RetroArchetype, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, That's it. That's kind of it. That's the only places you can find. I think I have a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you don't use it very often unless you're accidentally TikToking in your sleep or something. I do not use it very often. I, I have a TikTok. I have uh, Vero. Do you remember when Vero was going to replace Instagram? No, I don't know Do what that is. Do you remember Vero? <laughs> is that an Australian Vero thing? Vero was like, 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I definitely know people outside of Australia who had it. But it was like maybe two years ago. It was like the new social media. Instagram, when you're going through, it doesn't show you old things in like chronological order of when they're posted. So here's the new Vero. It shows everything in chronological... Anyway, yeah, I've got a Vero. <laughs> if, if anyone listening uses Vero... Go find pictures of Adam from two years ago is what you're saying. Unless you keep <laughs> it current. Oh my god, I wish. I wish I was still updating my Vero profile. I think I deleted it. I'm pretty sure I deleted it from my phone. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can find our network at Sans Pants Radio or the show I, I specifically work on at DD is for Nerds. Great. And I'm on Twitter at Stop Tweeting Mia. Thank you so much for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant, and I'm here if you need to talk. Skill challenge? It's part of the tabletop game we play. Chloe, you should join our game. What the hell? Game on, nerds. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.